Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, brought to you by the Wealthy Speaker School. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Hey, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Nackinson, and I'm excited about today's episode because our guest is Rhonda Scarf, who happens to be a very good friend of mine. Welcome, Rhonda. Thank you for having me. Now, before I begin, I want to let you all know that this podcast is available on video because we want to demonstrate a few things. Today, we're talking about how to run a profitable webinar. So we're going to talk dollars and cents about webinars, but we're also going to show you some things about webinars. And we actually have an audience, which is very unusual for our podcast. Hello, audience. Let us know in the chat box where you're tuning in from. We are so happy that you are on the line with us today. Now, all of our podcasts, both video and audio, and most everything we've done lately has been video, by the way, can be found on our YouTube channel. If you just go and search Uh, Jane Atkinson, you will find them. Now, Rhonda, when it comes to delivering a webinar, you are the first person I thought of for this particular podcast because you've been doing this for a very long time. And here's the kicker, everybody. You've been getting paid for them. Talk about your business model so that we can kind of understand. And for those of you who are just listening in, I'm sure you'll get lots from it. Uh, But the visuals will be coming up shortly here. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, So I've been doing uh, webinars since before they were webinars, back in the teleseminar. (laughs) That's right. So it's really been a piece of, a significant piece of my business model for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking the keynote, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I do a lot of corporate training. But webinars have been a really big piece of the business uh, because what I can do is I can reach out to a much broader audience at a lower price point. So uh, my audience is frontline support staff, so administrative staff. Right. There are a lot of people in my space, and I'm one of the very few that do webinars. So my audience doesn't want the generic, you know, how to lead webinar because that's not them. And they don't necessarily just need the tech stuff, although they get that as well. Um, so many, many years ago, I started doing the, I'll do a seminar, uh, tell the seminar, I'll teach you how to deal with your boss. I'll teach you this, that, and the other thing. And so what ended up happening was, uh, I started charging money because it didn't occur to me to do it for free back then. Like everybody who was doing it. Hey, good for you. I'm so glad. I'm just laughing because I know your husband Warren very, very well. And he, he looks like he's very busy back there. He's moving a lot of things from place to place. So good on you, Warren, for getting the job done. Mine's down in the basement. You know, we're all COVID, right? We're all, we're all hunkered down here right now. And, uh, in the time that we're recording this. So anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt that. I was just had to note for the people watching on video that uh, we have some action in the background a little bit. (laughs) I work them really hard. (laughs) This is is about, look, you're going to run a webinar from your home office. This is your home office. And a lot of times you would probably use a green screen though, hey, and put different backgrounds up. Yeah, I do. I use a green screen and I have either a boardroom or I have logo or, you know, Mm -hmm what I normally do, but, but Warren works with me. So everybody who'd be watching my webinar knows who Warren is anyway, because they, so beside me in the office, but today he's working. He's putting the pad. 
So if he was actually doing that in a real webinar, I would call it exactly the very way you did. Yeah, just call out the elephant in the room and say, hey, do you guys see the dog doing something goofy back there? That's just what's happening. And oh, well, we all work at home. Who cares, right? Yeah. So the webinar thing, I like I said, I charged right out of the gate because nobody else was doing it. Nobody else was doing it for free. And I've never backed down to a free option. That's and, so fantastic. And so there's a lot of reasons why I'm able to continue to charge over the years. But I've got a good 15 years worth of experience delivering teleseminars, webinars. And mm -hmm. I, I do one weekly uh, for my audience. So, and I have, I have about 20 that I do. Plus, I bring in experts the very same way you bring experts. So I don't do tech stuff. Um, I don't want to. I used to. I don't want to do anything. Somebody else in on that. So I have someone else who works on my my team. They're, they're a contract trainer that they work for me. And mm -hmm. Neil. And so anytime we need something tech, Neil comes in and does it. I pay him. Like, you know, everybody's making money on that. Yep. And, uh, and so we have them weekly. And people know to just keep coming. Uh, on my newsletter, I tell them what they are, but we have people who've been to, you know, 10, 20 different webinars. And so how much would they pay and how many might you have on an average webinar size? So the cost right now is $149. Uh, when I sell it to my Canadian audiences, it's $149 Canadian. Okay. Where else in the world? It's American. Okay. So uh, it's $149. Now what you get for that is you get one line. So I also use Zoom like this, so they would get one line. I don't turn their cameras on the very same way you don't have your audience on as well. Okay. Uh, I record it, and they get me, uh, everybody who listens gets me in 30 days, and in 15 years, if I've answered 15 questions, that's all I've ever answered, so it's a really easy mm. that nobody uses, and if they do use it, I kind of like it, because it gives me the opportunity to potentially offer more. To their organization. So the one forty nine includes. Say that again about the questions. You get me as your virtual coach for thirty days. Okay. So, wow. Nobody does it. <laughs> I love your candor. Nobody ever takes me up on that, but it's nice. So you're adding value, and they feel like they're getting something there. Now let's really identify. Sorry. The recording as well for sixty. Oh, right. so, okay. Way, what I want them to do, and they do because I can track it, is I want them to circulate it across their company. Oh, beautiful. So your company will get that recording. Like one person can come to the webinar. Everybody can ask me questions. You get the recording for 60 days. We just pull it down after 60 days. Mm -hmm. And around the company. they have to log in and get it. So I get everybody's contact information. Then everybody at the company knows who I am. Right. I like that. And you're encouraging them to share. Brilliant. Love it. Now, let's, it, let's check in with our uh, chat. What would be something that you might ask people right out of the shoot to get your chat box warmed up? So what I do is prior to the webinar starting, I get them going on the chat right away. So very much like what you did, where's everybody coming from? Mm -hmm. And we'll engage in it like, you know, uh, Roxanne said, hey, Rhonda, it's Roxanne. I would engage one-on-one -on -one with people in a, in a public forum so everybody could see it as well. Right. So, do that before we even start. And okay. Does is it lets everybody know that we, this is going to be interactive. I also start with polls very very quickly. Like okay. for instance, you set up your poll. I'll show you a poll. Uh, so let me. Uh, is it showing on the screen there? Yeah. I don't see it. Do, do you guys see it, Jen? Can you let me know if you all are seeing it? Uh, no, says Roxanne. Oh, there we go. Now it's coming up. Just was a little delayed there. 
Okay, so have you hosted your own webinar before? And so we're having y'all um, put a yes or a no in there, and we're going to come out at the other end with a percentage. And what you'll do, at least in Zoom, I'm assuming with every we uh, webinar uh, platform, is you're going to set these up ahead of time, and you're going to have two or three polls that you can go to in order to find out. So let's see what everybody is saying. So are you going to hit end poll? Okay. Yeah. Shared results. Okay. And you are going to share the results. So sometimes you may want to share the results. Sometimes you may not want to share the results. I'm not sure exactly where this is showing up on the recording. I'm hoping it's not okay. right over top of our faces, but um, so 36% said yes, they have hosted a webinar before, and 64% said no, they have not, which means that um, the information that we're providing might be helpful for you. So we're going to cover um, the finances of it, talking about how you actually charge and the fact that Rhonda is bringing in other people to sometimes deliver webinars on her behalf, keeps, keeps the engine out going, keeps in the passive income, but really more deeply, we're going to dive into the do's and don'ts or maybe think some things that you might ha not have thought of with regards to developing a webinar. So let's talk first about, you just put up a poll again there. Oh, did it come up again? Yeah. Well, let me shut it off. Okay. Is it, is it gone yeah. now? I can, I can put it off there. Okay, so let's talk about the difference because I really want everybody to understand that this is about webinars. It's not about delivering a virtual keynote. And please know that I just secured somebody really cool to come on and show a demonstration or talk about uh, how he is running his virtual um, keynote business, Rohit. Uh, Bargava is going to come on the podcast a little bit later in the month. Rohit Bargava, maybe Jen in the chat box, you can um, share his um, website URL again, and we'll put it in the um, and we'll put it in the show notes. The reason I want to uh, showcase him is because he's also made a beautiful switcheroo on his website to demonstrate it from a branding perspective and from a marketing perspective about how people might hire him. He's really adjusted his homepage. So Jen's sharing that in the show notes in the chat and we'll put it in the show notes for you as well. So let's talk about the differences between a, a virtual keynote and what we're doing today, which is a webinar. So one of the differences is uh, for webinar is, is an education transfer, right? So I'm giving information. A keynote may or may not be that. A virtual workshop may be that. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody purposes, right? So when I'm delivering a webinar, you don't actually see me on the big face that you do right now. I've actually got my PowerPoint up. And so my video would be on the side. I do like to, people like to keep your video on. And then do you go back into it and out of it on occasion? No, so my video is on my face the whole time, and I appear in the top right-hand corner. Okay. Basically, what I want to, I'm, I'm trying to engage people, right? So when I'm looking at a question, I'm looking, you know, I'm showing them. So when the polls come up, they're not actually blocking my face the way they did for us. Okay. PowerPoint, and of course, the PowerPoint slide is designed that the poll looks like it belongs there, right? Like okay. you can for your, your uh, poll to appear on the screen. So it's not blocking your face that way. Okay, cool. All right. And so we're not going to do slides today just to show that. But really, when 
um, you're giving a virtual keynote, you're probably not going to be sitting at your desk. There's going to be a lot of differences around that. And we'll cover a lot of that with Rohit. I'm really excited to talk to him about why companies are paying him the big bucks to come and deliver a virtual keynote. So, okay. So we've got the differences down um, with so many options, you know, about platforms. We both like Zoom. Let's just talk about what kind of works for webinars and what you think maybe is maybe not a way to go. So uh, we can talk about the, the what does work. I like Zoom because I'm comfortable with it. I do love WebEx. I use GoToMeetings. I mean, I mean, they all have their pluses and their minuses. Mm -hmm. I'm way more pluses on the Zoom side. So I don't bring everybody on video the way you have not brought video. Uh, so I use the webinar option in Zoom. Right. You can go to meeting or WebEx. They typically don't bring everybody's video in as well. And so again, it's, it's an education point. And what sometimes we will do with our groups, our inner circle mastermind and our um, wealthy speaker school, we'll do it Brady Bunch style if we have a small enough group. So if it's under 20 people, you'll see everybody's faces on the screen, like the Hollywood squares. And I really, I really dig that. You know, have you ever tried to do that and it was just got too unruly because there's too many people on the line? Oh, so I do. I do other virtual gatherings for my audience as well, where we do that. Uh, last week we had 50 people. And so, but that is not a webinar. That's a virtual, it's, it's called Wine with Rhonda. So like it's a virtual gathering thing. And so with the webinar thing, I try not to mess it up because let's be honest, when people are on education online, they're multitasking. They don't want the screen on them. Right. Yes. Make anyone uncomfortable. I know they're multitasking. I'm fine with that. We so somebody doing yoga on one of our, <laughs> and somebody said, Oh, I didn't realize the video was on. So there's something you can do that says automatically turn everybody's videos on or automatically turn everybody's everybody's video off. So yeah, so you're okay with them multitasking, or do you want to try to gather up their attention as much as, much as you can? Well, I'm not an idiot. I know they're multitasking because I do exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I gather them up. A lot of it is, uh, like, I do a bunch of polls. We use the chat window. I ask a lot of rhetorical questions. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting them to answer me while they're listening. Obviously, I can't hear them. But I'm engaging them at full time. But I'm okay that they're multitask. I'm dealing with administrative professionals. They don't know how not to multitask. Right. That is their MO. That's perfect. So you're just really meeting them where they are, right? Yeah. And I don't want to make them feel guilty. I don't want to make them feel they need to put their makeup on to come to a webinar. So they are never on the screen. And they like that. <laughs> okay. So admin professionals now, what time of day do you run your webinars? And I think this is just something interesting to talk about. Obviously, you need to know your audience and what they're doing. So what time do you all meet? So I am internationally um, networked. So I choose 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. So that's 7 p.m. in Europe. Yeah. And it's not too late for them. They can still do it at home. Obviously, yeah. as I move to Asia and Australia, the time messes up for them. But if you catch Australia and New Zealand, it's actually first thing in the morning for them. Right. Really early in the morning. Yeah. And then on the East Coast, it's or West Coast, it's 11 o'clock. So I find that 2 p.m. is the sweet spot for my audience. Okay, so that's really interesting. And uh, I think what you need to think about, our listeners at home and on with us today on the chat box, is 
who is your audience and when might they, you know, Jen, who runs our school, her audience is is first responders. So Jen, I wonder what time of day is perfect for them. You probably already know that midnight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So really, I mean, knowing your audience is, and it could be that there's going to be niches that just do not go for webinars at all. It may be that they don't have time or they're not interested. They don't ever want to, they don't ever sit in an office in front of a computer or on their cell phone or whatever. Um, how many people do you think are, are watching webinars from uh, handhelds and cell phones these days? Many, many more mm-hmm. uh, in the past, especially now that more people are working virtually. Yes. Uh, the way they're multitasking is they've got their cell phone up and they're working on their computer. Okay. I love that. So as long as your platform works virtually, you're fine. Right. Right. What, um, what are some other techniques? Okay. So we know that we can reach out to people with polling. Uh, somebody talked about the power of the pause in a webinar. I think we're very uncomfortable with dead air, but if you're asking them and you don't have a sidekick, I often have a sidekick just for this reason. While I'll say to Jen, now while the, we're waiting for the chat to populate, um, let's talk about what it is that the question that we're asking people. And so I, I don't have to have dead air, but do you have dead air sometimes waiting for the chat to populate when you ask them a question? I, I do, um, but I'm a speaker. I dead air didn't bother me at all. <laughs> I just keep well, going. A lot of people. I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable with a pause, and especially fast talkers, right? I'll fill it. I'll talk. I'll say something. I'll talk about like the same way you would talk with Jen. I would say, so here's what I'm waiting for you to answer. And once yeah. we- you just reiterate it over and over. Okay. So you're going to talk through your pause. You're not actually going to have dead air. All right. So what are some other ways to engage people? So definitely the chat, the, the rhetorical, um, the, the rhetorical questions that you know they're not going to answer. Mm-hmm. I encourage questions throughout the whole thing. So okay. I have the chat box open while I'm running as well. And I don't have a problem when somebody says, hold on, go back to that slide or say, yeah. and I encourage them to do that. And if I feel that I didn't do a really good job and I, you know, I've gone past it, I'll go, oh, somebody wants me to go back and I just go back. Yeah. And, and so sometimes I put fake questions in there. Okay. Let's. There. Let's talk about that. So we could say, and y'all wouldn't know uh, how, you know, we could say we have 4,000 people with us on today's webinar, but actually I just told like a handful of people, Hey, would you like to sit in on our podcast today? So we could get yeah. a little activity happening. And I'm actually quite thrilled that we have uh, more than a dozen people. So that's lovely. And we have people from all over the world who are joining us on this podcast. Um, why don't we ask them in order to demonstrate, why don't we ask them, what are your primary questions about webinars? Are there, is there something that is uncomfortable to you? And, uh, Rhonda and I will talk about that while we're waiting for the chat to populate. (laughs) What is one of the most common questions that you get? Because you're talking to other speakers all the time. You're a member of CAPS with me, which is the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And so, uh, everybody knows you to be the webinar person, the go-to person. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of people that are really uncomfortable with technology. Like I've been mm-hmm. on our CAPS Facebook group. I've been, a couple of weeks ago, I started putting some Zoom information out there. And I was absolutely shocked at how many people, I've never used Zoom or I've never used Webmax. I'm like, wow. So yeah. now like if, if you have not become a Zoom ninja or Web, WebEx ninja at this point, this is a really good time to do that and really yeah. And when you say they can test it, test it on your family right now. This is a great time. You and I had drinks last Friday on Zoom with your husband and with my husband, and that was so funny. Uh, so fun. Um, okay. So let's see. Seymour and Christina from um, Spain want to know, do you use external mic and camera and lights? Excellent question. Thank you so much for uh, asking that. Rhonda, what do you use? So I do have a light that shines on me right here. I have an office light, but I'll show you. It's just, it's not even an expensive one, but when I shut it off, you can see the difference. Ah, right. Darkness. Okay. Behind you. Right. right Behind you. I normally wear my headset. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I really wanted this to be a a casual chat, but I normally wear, and I just use my, I'm a Mac girl. So I just use my earbuds. Okay. This mic is really good, right? I don't use an external mic. Um, I see that some people do. I'm I'm trying to be really approachable. Really, it's a real conversation. Yeah. And comes a show, I'm losing that. So okay. So I'll I'll share with you as well what we have. Um, Seymour and Christina. So we just use a Logitech 920, I think it is, uh, camera. And I also have lights. So I have three windows right in front of me. And when the sun comes out, oh, I don't like it at all. But there is a little option on Zoom that says touch up my appearance that I love, love, love. And someone said something about, oh, I don't use it because it's not authentic. No, 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 not for me. I am like going all the way into that touch up my appearance button. Thank you very much. I also have a, this is on for my um, ring light that's right in front of me and that's off. So you can kind of see the difference if I need extra, if it's a really cloudy day, I have to kind of depend on what's going on outside. But then I also put on the overhead lights to kind of balance the lighting a little bit. And then I have, um, I haven't used it. You guys have seen me with a headset on. I think it became my comfort zone, Rhonda. And so I thought I need to break out of my comfort zone. So I have had this Yeti microphone for a long time and I didn't really start using it until the last maybe two or three months. But I also have what you might call a diva. I have two of them actually diva microphones that, um, I don't trust entirely because they run, I think it's either Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and I always worry about like uh, uh, little gaps in the sound. So I have those, um, but this is really just, uh, I think this is as good as anything. And this is like a 30, probably 30, maybe $50 tops. Logitech headset that you can buy on Amazon. I've heard Rhonda that they're all backed up for all of this equipment right now. And uh, so I also actually have a sound thing that could go around my Yeti if I wanted to go that far, but I try to do without it because it really takes up a lot of room on my desk. So I, you know, I go the professional route, but if it means going like to somewhere that's uncomfortable for it, I won't do it because our brand is authenticity. And so if it's not perfect, oh, well, if the dog walks by, okay, whatever. 
We're taping. Warren, Warren's back there doing doing chores. Way to go, Warren. Good job. Okay. So um, let's just see what the questions are here. So external mic and camera, that was a really good one. Seymour and Christina. How do you decide what topics that you'll deliver for your webinars also? And how do you market? Also, how do you market? So how do you decide on your topics? Now, let's just be clear that everything Rhonda does is underneath the administrative umbrella, admin support staff umbrella. So she doesn't do anything on, I assume you don't do leadership or team building or anything like that, but how to talk to your boss? Yes, right? Yeah, yeah. so what other topics? So the um, the Wine with Rhonda thing that I have is just this virtual gathering. It's at 8 o'clock Eastern, and I let them submit questions and everybody answers the questions. That's where I get my content from. So um. what their pressing issues are. And so um, recently we've, we had a bunch of questions on dealing with a micromanager boss. And I went, all right, can I do an hour on dealing with a micromanager boss? Of course I can, right? So my audience tells me the content all the time. I mean, I do this full-time, been doing it full-time for years. And up until about a month ago, you know, I was in at least, you know, two to three audiences a week, right? So right. I'm getting the questions so my my audience is always really good about Rhonda I need help with and then I create something that goes behind I it. love it and how many programs will you create in a year like new to do you kind of uh, let's say you have a library of 20 webinars that you've delivered over the years do you let some go and bring some fresh ones in to, I mean you'd get bored right yeah, I, I create a couple. I've created three new in the last month because they're all dealing with COVID right now. Mm. I work to creating just one hour's worth of content, as we all know, right? Mm. Um, I will create, I'll probably create three or four new a year, and I refresh constantly. So you may have taken, let's say, my Dealing with Difficult People webinar five years ago. It's not the same. Like, yeah. Evolves every time I deliver it. Right. And I think that answers Carolyn's question. There's so much content out there in the webverse. How do you keep it fresh and exciting? Is you're just constantly asking over wine with Rhonda. <laughs> I love how you've worked alcohol into your business, Rhonda. Way to go, girl. Um, not that we're like uh, advertising for that or anything. Um, I think that uh, that's a great way to really constantly be inviting your followers to tell you what their major pain points are. Is working at home a big pain point for your people right now? They're yeah. not used to that, right? So I've developed three new ones uh, that I deliver as well. And one of them was about working remotely, especially as an admin. Um, they need to be in the, like a, a lot of companies are considering their admin essential service, right? So yeah. working at home has been a huge yeah. challenge. So uh, this, I, like I said, I got three of them. So one of them was working from home remotely, and that was hugely popular. Like on the Great. first, um, I had 107 people paid online. Like that's a lot of money, right? Okay, people, that's a lot of cheddar. I like that. Okay. It was very, very popular. It's drowning down now because people have figured it out. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of others, like um, how to work with a virtual team. So it's mm -hmm. not administrative focus but it is they're the ones that sign it up for it share it with all the audience with all their co-workers right it's just so funny because i think it's all of the things that we in our businesses have taken for granted that we knew how to do all this stuff we work from home we work with our team virtually we have team meetings every month like it's just funny how 
every, it's so foreign to so many people, yet I think uh, I've taken for granted what we already knew. All right. How much webinar? Oh, Babette, I love this. The, our STEM woman comes up with a good left-brainer question here. How much webinar content is too much to pack into a session? So let's say you have an hour how much content, like 45 minutes or less, or what would you, what would you develop in content? And then guilty of putting 85 minutes in 60. Uh, so guilty of that and you whip through it fast then. Okay. Move quickly. And I warn them up front that I move quickly. Now they get a workbook where they can, but I warn them right out of the gate. They are getting a ton of content. Mm-hmm. I never want anyone to walk out of whoever going, well, I don't know anything. Right. I want, that going thank god we recorded that i need that again so that's just my approach and and i put too much so i will uh i will talk like if i come on at two o'clock top of the hour i'm going till about 256 and it's full on like flat out but you're still engaging your audience you've built the engagement in right absolutely that's the important thing. I think what most happens is that people will they'll build an hour and they won't leave that extra time to actually stop and engage with the audience. And then you're at the end and you have no time for questions or anything like that. So I bet you, you're really, really masterful at that. And it might be fast and it might be engaging. If I were building a webinar from scratch today, I'd probably build... 40 minutes and then the other 20 minutes would be time for engagement. And I tell you, one of the most fun things I've done lately, and this was live streaming live out on Facebook uh, with Chris West, we've been doing Friday brand camp. And the first one we did uh, week one in April was it was probably about 30 minutes of content and about 30 minutes of engagement with the audience. And I had the most fun I've ever had on a webinar. And I was able, um, one of the things we were using the StreamYard plat, uh, platform and Monica can throw that into the show notes. Uh, you'll get $10 off. Um, the StreamYard platform allows you to uh, put people up on the thing with their question and their pictures right there in Facebook. And it just feels so like the connection level just goes up to such a degree doing that. So I really enjoyed that personally. I, um, if you're out on, on YouTube watching this, I hope you'll check that out. Our Friday brand camp. Um, Carol is asking, do you ever worry your content will still be wanted live? Oh, that's such a good question, Carol. So yeah. What do you I, think live is ever going to go away? God, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I really don't. But I would say that my webinar business feeds my live business better than anything I could ever have. Yeah. And so people will test me out for $149. I will be there. You know what? We need a webinar. We need it's to a use a case. It's yeah. a case. I get paid to do that. And because I give so much information in the webinar, I, and I constantly, I'm, you know, nobody's an idiot here. I talk about, well, when I deliver this live, this is what we do, right? I'm, I'm totally planting little subtle seeds throughout your webinar. Okay. So that's a really good point. I want to stop and go ding, ding, ding right there. While you're doing your hour long webinar, you are planting seeds and telling stories about 
Well, I was flying out to ABC company who had hired me to solve this problem and they wanted me to do this speech and blah, 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 blah. And then you go on to talk about whatever it was that you were going to talk about. But there, you just planted a seed for a speech. And I was working with this consulting client or I was coaching with somebody last week and this problem came up. Oh, they do consulting. Oh, they do coaching. Seed planting throughout your webinar. And, and that's actually leads us. And so thank you for asking that question, Carol. I don't think either that live presentations are going to go away. I think that, um, well, Carol, you recognize when we get on the, the thing like this, even when you're on Brady Bunch style and I can see you, we engage at a certain level uh, on Zoom, but when we're together in person, like we were last month in Phoenix, nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You cannot replace. I don't think you can replace. And I think they'll maybe push things out for a while because people are afraid to gather again and the rules will be changing, but I don't think we can replace live. No. So, okay, question. Most webinars are free because they lead to a pitch. Let's just talk about the difference between what you're doing. You're doing a paid. If I paid $149 and you spent the last 15 minutes selling me on something, I'd probably be a little ticked off, wouldn't I? Absolutely. I don't pitch. There is no pitch. And I advertise that there is no pitch. Yeah, that's good. So I don't spend five minutes introducing who I am. I don't spend five seconds introducing who I am. If people are on the line, they either know who I am or they don't care. So they don't want 15 minutes of how great Wanda is. So I do zero of that. Um, I do the, the seed planting throughout, but it's not obnoxious. And at the end, I say, I hope I'll see everybody for the webinar next week on such a topic. But that's all. There's no pitch. So say you were doing your live event in September. You might do a webinar uh, six weeks before that, a free one. And you might say, you know, the design of this webinar is designed to get people to my, my live event. And you might give a little sample of what you're going to cover at the live event. I mean, that's a perfect use for what we would call a promotional webinar. So we're talking paid webinars here, but a promotional webinar, if you're not spending probably 10 minutes at the end of it pitching something that you have, and a lot of people would spend a lot more time than that, then you may not be actually seeing the results that you need from the webinar, right? You're not coming back. I'm not, I'm not coming back if you're going to pitch me the whole time. Yeah, gotcha. Um, let's see. Jen is asking, do you use Zoom to have your attendees sign up? If so, do you use the Zoom platform to send out reminder emails, et cetera, or do you bring that all in? You're, you use Infusionsoft still, or did you switch? Um, and no, I don't use Zoom. To, so yeah. for the authenticity brand that we have is also a high touch. It's very relationship-based. Yep. So they sign up by sending us an email and we immediately engage. So Warren handles all of that. So I'll say, you know, send an email, sign me up for, you know, working remotely. Warren yeah. responds individually. He sends you your invoice if you want, you pay online, whatever. So we keep it all very manual, very deliberately. I tried. I, I have done the whole automation sequence before. Mm -hmm. I found the results dropped for me and my audience. Because okay, interesting. So you're more hands-on about it. That's my we, we do everything automated um, for simplicity's sake and 
if there are things that get missed, I, I don't know what they are. Um, we did have a question, John. I think we answered the camera and mic setup one, but you're saying, do you use PowerPoint? What service or storage do you use to share the recording for? She offers it for 60 days. Do you house that on your own website? That's probably yep. you want people to yep. come to the website, right? We FTP it up so then we can take it down and we can create the link at any point. So okay. I don't leave it on the Zoom platform because when they no. when they access it after the fact, I need their contact information and they're getting the workbooks, they're getting all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So all online. You want to control everything that you're giving them. And uh, do you use PowerPoint or are you a keynote girl? I lost you. Oh, uh, for your um, platform that you're sharing your slides, do you use PowerPoint or Keynote or what do you use, PowerPoint? And, okay. and I will tell people that start with the crappy PowerPoint. If you're going to use PowerPoint, really it. like start using the white screen with the 12 points. Like that, that You're just looking like everybody else on the market. So really invest your money into good PowerPoint. You, you need to engage them visually for an hour, right? So I don't know if you, while I'm grabbing a question here, if you want to show us an example of one of your slides, I would love you to screen share. Um, let's see. Any green screen advice along with colors or patterns that don't go with green screen, so avoid it. Um, you have a wrap around green screen and we made a decision. Ooh, that is beautiful. So is purple your brand uh, for your company, Rhonda? Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Okay, guys, like, look at this. That is beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Crappy PowerPoint, right? I love it. It's gorgeous. Go back to your homepage, your first page. That was just like, like if you're if you're coming on to this, do you think that you're on a professional webinar? Yes, 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 yes. And I like that you shared. Oh, I'm so bad at sharing my um, and getting uh, buzz going on social media. I love that you shared those at the bottom as well. But um, that is just a beautiful, uh, I think slide that says, okay, I'm with a pro here. I'm going to relax because I know it's not going to be schlocky. <laughs> schlocky, that's my word. I like that. Beautiful. Um, let's go back to green screen. Um, we actually tested green screen. So Ron and I hop on uh, about 20 minutes before we do, which we would recommend if you're going to interview somebody else that you get together and just kind of run through what the process is going to be. And she had her green screen kind of thing around her and it, it just didn't look kind of as good and authentic. I think the green screen technology is going to continue to get better and better. Don't you think? So Mac just did, uh, I use Mac. They just did where you could have your green screen without your green screen. Oh, see, look at this. So show everybody. Yeah, see how her hair changed there? And so move around so I can see it. That's a bit of a problem because it's cutting her out, but not really well. Show them some other of the things anyway, though, just because it's fun to see. Well, before they did this, I like that one. <laughs> this is my wine with Rhonda. Hold on. Oh, I'm liking the wine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Before they did the um, upgrade, just and they just did it this week, you, for, for my system, you needed the green screen in order to get that virtual background, and it worked perfectly. Once right. the upgrade where you don't need the green screen, that's where I got this little halo, and I don't like it at all. 
So I'm kind of have an idea here. I have a pretty big office and I actually, a lot of people ask me what's going on back there on that wall and it is wallpaper. It's not actually wood, which I think most people probably know that, but you know what I've thought about doing is having like a curtain rod from side to side and then just pulling a curtain across, but I don't know if it would be like flat enough and then maybe just going from there and changing up the background. I just think it's fun to think about. Uh, and if you're setting up something virtually and you have the ability to do that, maybe you'll, you'll do it. Hey, thanks, Jen, uh, in the chat box. She shared the uh, StreamYard link if anybody wants to check that out. Um, okay, so colors. Um, this is probably a no-no for me with what's going on behind me. If you have a busy background, you want probably a fairly straight up color. What you're wearing today is just like a straight color. And I think that that's probably a good idea for most situations. Busy sometimes doesn't translate over camera as well. Let's see what else. Um, how do you charge? Is there any system or something like that? So we talked about this earlier, but let's review it again in terms of can people buy like multiple webinars with you or a, a year long subscription or something like that? Let's talk about if they want to do a one off and then go up the, the, the scale from there. So I have the one off at 149. And like I said, you get the live, you get the recording, you get me as a coach. If you um, can't attend, you're, you're getting all that anyway. It's still 149. If you call me a week later saying, "Oh, I want that," it's still 149. Like it, that price just doesn't change whether you attended the live one or not. Uh, I did a couple of years ago have some clients that wanted an annual subscription. Mm -hmm. It was two thousand bucks is what I charged them, and so um, but that. they disappeared. Like they did it for a year or two, and then that was the end of it. Okay. So, I tried. It just didn't fly. And but we never know which markets. I think, I think when you have like options for people, this is the straight up package. And then this is the next package. This is probably the sweet spot pricing that you may want to go with. And then this is like the crazy package that you think nobody's ever going to pay for. I think it's kind of nice to have choices that way. But I also really, really appreciate and value the simplicity that you are bringing to the table. Okay, let's just take one or two um, more questions and when, then we'll close her off here. Uh, let's see. What is the verbiage when you explicitly communicate that you don't pitch? How do you say that? How do you tell people that? No pitch. No sales pitch in this webinar. That's no exactly. sales pitch in this webinar. No All right. Okay. Um, do you do a weekly webinar? Do you have a pre-planned year ahead of webinars, let's say with 20 topics that you rotate? Or how do you plan out your calendar of webinars? So I, I typically only really plan them um, no more than six weeks in advance, and it's usually only four. And I plan them around my travel schedule. Oh, so yeah. Thursday at two is my sweet spot, but I will move it to Tuesday or Wednesday if I have to. Um, and so I will never do a Monday, Friday, just doesn't work. So Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday at two o'clock. Yeah. If I know a month from now that I'm traveling, that's when I bring somebody else in to do the webinar. So I reach out, I've got probably 10 different people that'll do webinars for me in a heartbeat. And right. just and you pay them. Let's just make sure everybody knows you pay them. Yeah. We do all the marketing. We do everything. And I give them 50% of the gross and that's, yeah, everybody's good with that. Right. And um, and so they fill in the gaps when I'm out speaking and training. 
And so when it's a really busy season, there's a lot of guest presenters, but nobody minds. I mean, they become regular, right? And then when my schedule allows, then I throw it into the schedule. Let me see if I understand this question from Dave. Can you talk about the temptation to automate, i.e. repeat your webinar once perfected? Or is that just for a sales-focused product situation? I think you've perfected a lot of webinars and you've given them many, many times, right? Yep. Um, I, and I deliver them live. I don't, I don't sell them as um, a repeat broadcast. So let's say I've nailed it. I've done a perfect webinar on you know, micromanaging boss. And I know that next month I'm traveling, not, but let's pretend I was traveling. Yeah. <laughs> and I would never replay that and charge people to come to it. They always get me live. It's always fresh. Ah, okay. Very good. Very good. Um, when you go into automation, Dave, sometimes it is for like the purpose of a magnet or to pull people into a funnel and then you're going to sell them things at the other end. So we do that with our, uh, Jen and I have done webinars before that we will then allow people instant access to the replay of the webinar. And that will then lead them into a call with Jen, which then leads them into the Wealthy Speaker School. So that's our kind of funnel webinar call school. And so that's been actually very, very effective. When she gets somebody on the phone, that's like 70% close rate, which is awesome. Um, Okay, let's take one more question. I wasn't sure a roller screen from your ceiling. Thank you, Roxanne. I love that. Um, Let's see. Coach via email for the 30 days. So what you're offering is email Q&A. Do I have that right? That's a part of the 149 package that you're selling. Like I said, nobody ever takes it. So I say that I will coach you for 30 days, send me an email, and if we need to get on the phone, we'll get on the phone. But I never get any of that. And if I do get all excited because that leads me for new content or potentially a new client, right? But nobody, but the, but the fact that I offer this and this and this and this and this for 149, I love it away from the free stuff, you know, online at YouTube or Linda or Udemy because they don't get any of that. Yeah, there's something to be said for having skin in the game. And when people have something for free, I think that they, that's why we get like a 50% show up rate for a freebie webinar. What's your show up rate? 100%. Yeah, exactly. So, and if you're not coming live, they tell me in advance, I won't be there. So don't wait for me. I never wait. Yeah. <laughs> but I, the 100% of them show up. Yeah, I got it. All right. Well, I'm sorry, you guys. We could keep going on for questions for hours and hours here. If people want to get in touch with you, Rhonda, Um, Maybe they have a topic that they want to talk to you about doing a webinar, or maybe they want to see whether or not any of your topics are a fit for them. Uh, How should they get in touch with you? I'm everywhere, right? Like you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, email. If you just Google Rhonda Scarf and you find any way to connect me, I promise I will respond to you. All right. Let's spell out your last name for them. It's S-C-H-A-R-F. Well, thank you. Taking time. We're recording here on a long weekend. And I appreciate you all uh, being on the line with us here today and delaying your long weekend festivities just a little bit for us. Uh, Thank you, Rhonda Scarf, for being here. If you're listening later on and you thought that this was some good content and value, 
valuable for you, please let us know. Give us a shout out. Give us a review. Make sure you subscribe so that you do not miss an episode of the Wealthy Speaker podcast in the future. With that, we are going to say thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, you'll want to come and visit us at the Wealthy Speaker School, where we provide a proven roadmap for building your dream business. Go to WealthySpeakerSchool.com. And for show notes for today's podcast, head on over to SpeakerLauncher.com and click on podcast. I'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers.